0: Aguero. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Plastics Podcast, a show where three American wankers root for Udinese with reckless abandon. You're joined by celebrity personality Maddie Gaylor. Hello. Licensed private detective, Blair LaCrosse. I'm hot on the trail. And myself, Jacob Burke, a certified chiropractor. The Premier League returns after a week, and the schedule is already congesting. Manchester City and Arsenal cruise and look to be the teams to beat this season. Tottenham revives son at the expense of Leicester City's corpse, and... Everton make a surprising appearance on the good team list this week. This, the last international break before the World Cup, your new FPL leaders, and a back-to-earth take on the Lions' prospects this season.
1: Would you say that you and Blair are about to crack the case wide open?
0: <laughs> what case?
1: I don't know. Blair's a detective, yeah. and
0: you're a certified chiropractor. That's hundred percent true. It's
1: right there.
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm in the. I'm in the. I'm in. I'm in another zone right now.
1: What zone are you in?
0: I'm in the Todd Bowley All Star Game shenanigans zone.
1: Did you see that they are proposing to bring the Champions League final to the United States?
0: Don't let them
2: do it. That's all
0: it's, I gotta say. It's the it's the UEFA Champions League. You'll notice at no point in Europe America exists. Hey,
1: I don't make the rules. I don't make these headlines. I just read them.
0: All right. Let's I get I get a I get a nice uh, i like a there's we have the CONCACAF Champions League. We already have one. Yeah,
1: nobody gives yep. a shit about us though. We just want something, Vastly
2: superior to the UEFA Champions League. Yeah, it's much more chaotic.
1: Vastly superior?
0: In the chaos. The chaos is the currency, and we've got it in
2: spades. CONCACAF Champions League is like Pizza Hut, Dine-In. UEFA Champions League is like Carry Out, Papa John's. Wow. Got him. I I actually don't follow that (laughs) (laughs) one.
0: Yeah, so I think we should start at the top, gang. Uh, Todd Bowley... Goes in and starts doing the thing almost immediately with a suggestion uh, about including an all star game for the Premier League. And it's got some pundits, some fans, some officials up in a decent amount of arms. A quote, Todd Bowley. A
2: decent amount of arms. Yeah, like more
0: than two, I'd say. <laughs>
2: uh, bo- a I have handful a, of arms. <laughs> I
0: have a Bowley quote right here, and both of you can give me what you guys think. Ultimately, I hope the Premier League takes a little bit of a lesson from American sports, said Bully, and really starts to figure out why don't we do a tournament with the bottom four sports teams? Why isn't there an all-star game? Another quote, people are talking about more money for the pyramid. In the MLB all-star game this year, we made $200 million from a monday and a tuesday and lastly quote so we're thinking we could do a north versus south all-star game for the premier league for whatever the pyramid needed quite easily uh a lot of english people don't like this
1: yeah they're they're asking for him to leave already yeah (laughs) they said they'd rather have the russian oligarch which is
0: i i respect the i respect the insult honestly (laughs) I mean, go back to where you're from, Todd Bowley. Go back to Los Angeles.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very American way to look at it. But also, they wanted to make a Super League. So how much can they really, like, how, how much can we respect their decision-making process? Well, who's they, though?
0: Like, I think most people that are mad about this are, like, the fans.
1: Yeah, and I guess the fans were mad about the, the Super League, too. But in the end, it's all about the money. And some people are also on the side of this would make a lot of money. And that's kind of what they, the UEFA, no, not UEFA. um, Premier League, who runs the Premier
0: League? The FA. Yeah,
1: that's what they want. That's all they want in the end. It's just money.
0: Okay, so you're taking the corporation side here? It's okay. Maddie, corporate sellout (laughs) Gaylor. Blair, what do you think? I
1: don't know.
2: Todd Bowley likes to go about things in Todd Bowley fashion, which is to say, very American fashion, especially from a a certain echelon of wealth in this country. He uh, certainly has a lot of opinions that he's freely sharing uh, anywhere that he can, and I think that's ultimately what's, this to me, this was ultimately what rubbed people the wrong way the most. It's just kind of like this new guy coming in here and saying, this is how things should be done, and he's got all these new ideas, but at the end of the day, I'm kind of like, I think an all-star game could be kind of fun. Uh, I don't think it has to be like a full tilt, you know, full scale, full field, eleven v eleven, with pressing and tactics and all this stuff. It could just be like a fun thing, you know. The NBA All Star Game is pretty fun. They score 150 points. Nobody plays defense, and it's just kind of cool to see like Kyrie Irving throwing alley oops to to you know Giannis Antetokounmpo or something. And I think that there is something here that could be managed. Um, that would be really cool and really workable without sacrificing player welfare. And to me, I think it's a bit reflexive. It's a bit, I don't know, just too too quick to react um, in saying that it's a, it's a bad idea. I think it's just where the idea is coming from and how it was proposed um, ultimately led to you this sort of reaction. And yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing it. I don't think it has to be a north-south thing. I think it could be a draft. That could be fun. It could be like a futsal tournament. With, you know, each team sending their own group of, you know, five, six players, whatever it is, um, and doing like a a tournament that way. You could do skills challenges. Like those are really fun to watch in the NBA, the NHL all-star games. Um, I think there's a, a lot of opportunity here. There's tons of talent in the league. And yeah, I mean, it's a lot of money. Of course, that's what Bully wants. But also, it's a great way of putting this, you know, level of talent on display for the world. And I think that could be cool.
0: It the quote does kind of read like he's a couple beers in and he's just kind of shooting the shit with yes. other Premier League team owners. He's so like, here's what I'm thinking, you know, All Star Game would be kind of cool. I mean, you know, look how much money we could make. I think this can't happen until the fixture congestion actually is dealt with. You can't, yeah. you can't possibly squeeze an All Star Game anywhere in the in the, especially this year. But
2: yeah, for sure. Once for
0: sure. Uh, once we decide to collectively, as a universe, forget that the Carabao Cup exists, then we could perhaps think
2: about putting in an All Star game.
0: That's not a bad idea.
2: I think people would be unhappy to hear that. Honestly. Yeah, I think there would yeah. be English fans to be unhappy to hear that. Well,
0: I, I, there's I know there's minute differences with like the EFL Cup and the FA Cup, but yeah. I don't know. You have to start somewhere and you have to start cutting off fixtures. And I think the FA cup has a, has more history. So you just got to take like you, I mean, maybe, maybe don't eliminate an entire competition. Sure. That might be a bit extreme, but you have to either, you have to, you have to start somewhere and there's international breaks. There are, uh, there's, there are 38 games in a season plus two domestic tournaments Plus, European soccer in international tournaments. So, somewhere in there, something needs to be cut. And everyone is going to say something, no matter what, as to why that should be cut. Something else should be cut. And I think the weakest link among there that the FA can actually deal with is the Carabao Cup, Mm -hmm. personally. Yeah, I, I honestly, I think we're all in agreement here. We're all on the side of an all-star game in theory would be pretty cool.
2: But think about the potential two for players who are outside of the, like the presumptive big six. Yeah. Um, who could get a shot, you know, think of like a, a Wilf Zaha or something, um, who's been really fantastic this year, who could get, a, you know, an all-star nom- nomination or something like this. You know, he's a player who's not, doesn't have European competition. Crystal Palace won't be favorites in the EFL Cup or the FA Cup. They might take it more seriously than some of these other teams, but that's not typically what uh, the fan the fans are going to assume about them and uh their ability to win it but yeah you know that's a really really talented player not all the best players in the league are on you know a handful of teams and so i think it would be like a nice you know recognition as well for a lot of the talent that exists outside of you know the big london clubs the big manchester clubs liverpool and so on and I don't know. I think I just think there's there's something that's workable there. It doesn't have to be,
0: and it could be like a day thing, right? It can exactly. just be one day? It's like uh, you do a game, yeah. Then you do also like a five aside, yeah. And then you do like a like a futsal with like a mini soccer ball. Yes. You do some skills like a uh, crossbar juggling, challenge, juggling challenge, goalie challenge, or like aesthetically cool tricks to do. And there's just arbitrary judges. That's yes. like the same thing as the dunk contest. So it's yeah.
1: basically just like track and field day in elementary school with. Professional athletes who are okay. really, really good at their jobs.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. like, kind of, I guess. Yeah. I mean, like, you just make these arbitrary and, like, oh, honestly, honestly, though, we could just kind of slot in since we're dreaming here. Goalie wars. You yes. just mm-hmm. you just Absolutely. put that there mm-hmm. and let it, let mm-hmm. people go, and you, you just make it like I don't know, a three or a four hour thing where. Some people will tune in. I assume most people won't. I think that's how most people treat like the All Star Game. But it's 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 cool on paper as long as the as long as it's done right. Yeah, I guess. Right. I think everyone would like to see Cristiano Ronaldo go against like of all people who's a, who's a big stocky guy that doesn't get a lot of playing time. Harry Maguire
2: <laughs> <laughs> play him against his own team play, yes. play against
0: Harry Maguire for in a crossbar challenge and have <laughs> Harry Maguire win would be just the best thing well I feel like these guys under no pressure fully rested would just yeah it would be awesome they would just be fucking around yeah. it'd be yeah. amazing you could just see Tiago pinging balls to like, yes. other Premier League players just no problem yeah Chaka
1: might actually hit something
0: he had an assist
2: this weekend. <laughs> needless, needless Sorry. violence. Sorry, Sorry.
0: Yeah, uh, interesting perspective to give from three American wankers. I uh,
2: will, I will concede one thing, Jacob, and that yeah. is, and Maddie, and that is the the Pro Bowl in the NFL uh, is boring as shit, and nobody watches it anymore. Um, some of these, some of these All Star games in American sports don't carry a lot of. Uh, entertainment value these days—they need to be reworked or, or eliminated.
0: The, anyway, that's besides that the point. Premier League All-Star Game might be cool. Number two on this preamble that we're going to take a five minutes for, literally. Uh, Welcome to Rexham, the new docu-series released by Ryan Reynolds and.
1: Rob McElhenney. Thank
0: you. I forgot his name. And Rob McElhenney, uh, Ryan Reynolds, I don't think needs any introduction, but Rob McElhenney is the writer and one of the stars of always sunny in Philadelphia. I just, he's a little less popular. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, uh, he
1: had approximately like 45 million less followers.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But anyway, they, they bought a club. If, you live under a rock. They bought a club in Wales called Wrexham and now they're making a docuseries trying to get it more money so they can promote it from the National League to uh, League Two. Uh, and we've watched the first five episodes and uh, we're going to give our brief impressions. Uh, uh, Maddie, would you like to start?
1: Good personality of a show. Um, I'm not invested in the club, but I guess I'm invested in the people. It There's a lot that they're trying to have people learn really quickly, including the sport of soccer. And that is a lot to throw at people while also trying to show how much actually goes into a team that's in the fifth league. And I mean, it's Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhoney. So it's going to be funny. They're going to interject. They're going to have their little quips. But it's entertaining. I've enjoyed it. I've learned a few Welsh words not that I remember them, but I did see them on the screen.
0: Yeah, they it uh, the documentary series is definitely uh, made with American or people or viewers in mind that don't really follow soccer. Yes, because they really do make a point to explain everything they can.
2: Yes.
1: Well, Rob is literally learning <clears throat> the sport of soccer, and he was like, "All I
0: right." I personally, I don't think he is, but okay. they just want the appearance. So like the audience feels some sort of like Canship. kinship. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. He was
1: like sitting on the couch and he's like, see son, he got called back because he was offsides. Offsides means Yeah, was yeah, like. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> All right Blair, oh what, 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 what are your thoughts? I'm enjoying it. I feel like I'm getting, I, I'm not like gonna say I'm a Wrexham fan, but like if a Jersey shows up in the mail in the next few days, don't uh, ask me where that came from. I think, like, I am kind of, like, feeling like I'm rooting for them, of course. I want them to get out of the league. You know, that's what the show is trying to make me feel. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's cool. It's cool to learn about the history. I think, I think it's almost, like, a very interesting way of getting, getting introduced in the sport to people, right? Because we're not talking about a huge storied club that they're buying. We're talking about, you know, Rexman AFC, which does have an interesting history for sure. But, you know, when you talk about the spirit of the footballing pyramid... Um, in England and, you know, the you know, competitive spirit and the competition, all that, you know, buying a team that's like basically at the bottom of the pyramid um, and trying to introduce soccer to people through through that, I think is very interesting because um, it's not like through like winning and success and like having all these like phenomenal players. It's through like, hey, like this is a, a you know, community staple people, you know, flock here on the weekends and spend time there with their families. It's a big part of, you know, Wrexham in Wales. And, um, you know, we're trying to rebuild something that has been languishing for a long time. And of course, there's also added benefits of when, if they do succeed, they will make a lot of money. Yeah. The one thing I don't really like about it is that I feel like Ryan Reynolds is incapable of turning his personality off. And to me, it's just kind of like, is this how you always are? Or like how much of this is like just more of Ryan Reynolds on screen? Um, to me, that just like, I don't know, I I get kind of annoyed with people like that. Jason Bateman and all those guys, like they just kind of like do the same thing all the time. And I feel like that would be exhausting if I was that person, but I do find like the rapport, like genuinely, like really fine. And, uh, like the show, like how it's been set up so far. Okay. Question though. Did you actually buy a Rex, New Jersey? No, I didn't. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I agree. I think I said it yesterday, but I, I, I thought this to me made me think more and more that Ryan Reynolds is very Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. He's got that, like, vibe where he's, like, very agreeable, but you don't always find it, like, authentic.
2: Exactly. It feels very much, like, constructed. It's an effect, for sure. Yeah, like, this
0: is something I've designed in order to get far in life. Yeah. Which he has done very well. Yeah.
2: (laughs) So, I I mean, I can't blame him him
0: for being a multimillionaire that now owns an entire, you know, soccer team. Yeah. Uh, I do like, I do like the angle that it is in Wales and not in England. Yes. And I think that gives like a whole new twist to it that you don't normally see with soccer documentaries. Yes. Um, to a very, very, very lesser degree in terms of where the team is. Sunderland Till I Die is kind of a similar documentary series. It it shows the humanitarian aspect, mm-hmm. though the team is much further. They um, In season one, they were in the championship, which is uh, you know, there's four leagues of separation there. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway I uh, but it's good I just don't like that it's on Hulu because commercials so anyway uh,
2: dude who they got us so bad yesterday night (laughs) we thought like Jake was like I think the episode is over and we're like well there's this commercial and then at the end of the commercial it's just the credits (laughs) we were just sitting there like Maddie
0: was going to bed like Maddie come back there's still more and then it was was Maddie yeah sorry it felt pretty wrapped up yeah yeah the
1: closing statements everybody felt pretty you know
0: yeah
1: end of episode so I sat back down Roll credits. Yeah,
0: <laughs> those, those, those bastards. Thank God, you <laughs> sons of bitches! All right, let's actually break into some real good rough and tumble soccer. All right. Okay, so let's rip the Band-Aid off. Uh, Tottenham 6, Leicester 2 at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. An all-star finds his form, and all it takes is putting him on the bench. Uh, this all-star, of course, I mean is Song Hyun Min, and he just tore it up out there as a sub. First Spurs player to score a hat-trick as a substitute in the Premier League era. Pretty impressive. Uh, He's it, the first to score a hat trick. First Tottenham player to score a hat trick
1: as a sub. As a sub.
2: As a sub. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, off of zero point six xg, he does the whole Son thing and does it with both feet. He can do it all, folks. And two of those were outside the box. So you know, why don't you why don't you feel about adding him to your FPL teams? Huh? Huh? Pretty good. Uh, the now let's. I'm going to slowly turn this because I. Uh, Funny enough, was the only one that actually watched this game. So, uh, but but we so do heavy. have a correspondent who constantly keeps up with the vibe check in Leicester City, our very own celebrity personality, Maddie Gaylor. Maddie, the situation with Brendan Rogers. Will he be sacked by next weekend? I have a quote here after the game. Very short. Whatever happens, I respect the owners. Brendan Rogers achieving only one. Out of a possible 21 points this season so far, why don't we? do we talk about Brendan? What do you, what, what are your well, first of all? I want to get your personal thoughts. Second, I want to get your critical thoughts, absent of whatever. Uh, if you if if I could ask you to do the impossible task of separating the fandom from the soccer.
1: Yeah, he should have been sacked three weeks ago. We lost five, in, four in a row. Uh, that should have been your first hint. You had players begging to leave. Probably was a big hint. We had no summer signings. Probably was a big hint. The top is not supporting Rodgers. Yeah, I get that. But also, Rodgers has immense talent on the team he has. And for whatever reason, they cannot do anything. He should have been sacked after four games lost in a row. He should have been sacked after five. So now we're at six in a row that we have lost, in which a couple of them we've gone up pretty quickly and every single time the fans immediately said it's not going to last how can you be a fan of a team if you cannot believe that they will hold a lead ever that is he needs to go that's as soon as lester scored this weekend i said it's not going to hold we will trip up over our own feet. We will do something stupid like concede six goals off of free kicks, off of set pieces, uh, including the one where they followed our keeper and it went in off of our own hand.
0: Yeah, that, that seems pretty, uh, pretty comprehensive there.
1: Our one goal, our first goal that was given was because the keeper stepped off his line and saved it. Although he did say it like step off the line. It doesn't make you feel good about Yori Thielman's. Why is Tealman's taking a PK? Why? There are so many other people on the field. He does not have a great track record. Why is Tealman's taking a PK? Why yeah. is Dewsbury Hall crying on the bench after the game? Mm-hmm. And why is James Madison look like he's about to cry during post mass conferences? And Brendan Rogers is over here like, yeah, you know, You saw us in the first half. We looked really good, didn't we? Yeah, but we also saw you in the second half, buddy. You looked really fucking bad.
0: Very comprehensive. Uh, I really don't know what to add to that because I think you actually hit the nail on the head there. But uh, I'm going to give you a snapshot here, Maddie, if I may. Johnny Evans makes an upfield pass to Wilfried and Didi. Didi decides to take a Sunday stroll. Back. Unaware that he is playing a Premier League game. He is immediately dispossessed by Rodrigo Bentecker, who takes a few dribbles, goes forward, shoots, and scores. In my opinion, a current metaphor for the situation that grips Leicester. Is sacking Rodgers the cure solution here, or are there players to blame?
1: Not at all. There are, it, it is not 100% Rodgers' fault. There is a lot of frustration with the ownership and the fact that we were given nothing for the summer transfer window. And we could not accept 75 million for Fafana and had to wait another two months, even though that could have given us an opportunity to buy someone better, maybe better than Woutface. Face.
0: face, yeah. yeah, face.
1: Well, I li- I was listening to the recap of the game and they pronounced it "wow," well, so I don't know. Mm. There, it just seems like something more is going on at Leicester, and I think that reflects so much on the players. Just like we saw at Manchester United when their management was going through all those ups and downs, the players were playing terribly. They didn't know who was managing them. They have Cristiano Ronaldo who's yelling things at them. They have their manager who wants to go do a part-time gig for a national team. Yeah. Like that reflects how the players play. And it's it's just going to show a toxic environment in the locker room. Players fighting each other in the locker room. Players crying on the bench. That speaks volumes. To how well they're going to play. Indeed, he didn't have a great game. He hasn't had a lot of great games, but we've also been pretty crippled mentally, physically. They've gone through so much and given back. Like they're given so little back. They're given so little support. I don't think it's all Rogers' fault. I think a lot of it is top, like top uh, owners, Rogers, the, the players not supporting each other. Like they fought over Fafana because Fafana was like, I don't want to play today. And all of the like older players are like, bro, you just got to like, like what, what the hell are you doing?
0: Okay. So you think most of the responsibility here rests with, uh, King power,
1: King power and Rogers.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to twist the knife more, but, uh, Vout face, Wow face, um, not a great performance in terms of a first start for Leicester city was very much run around the ringer by uh, son towards the end of the game there just didn't pose a single bit of challenge to most of those goals and uh additionally johnny evans your other center back had a bit of a mental breakdown um i think what you just said, speaks to the problems uh, with these players and your central defensive midfielder, Wilfried Ndidi, isn't doing you any favors either, just an all-around mess of a triangle you've got going for your back line.
1: Wout apparently (laughs) ran into James Madison, or no, kicked James Madison's ankle during warm-up and there were concerns that he had actually injured him.
0: That would be schadenfreude at that point. I think I would just I I wouldn't know what to do but laugh because that just I don't that's like Shakespearean levels of comedy. Um yeah, like have you looked at the numbers for this game? So, funnily enough, the 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 teams are even on xG pretty much. Uh, yeah. And Lester had good opportunities. Hugo Lloris had a great game, admittedly. James Madison pulled a goal out of his ass.
1: It was a nice goal. It was a really like that shot was crazy. That's
0: an understatement. That that was I he shouldn't he, like no under there wasn't he shouldn't have even been a thought to attempt that. Yeah, it was a weird one. But uh, Tottenham were clinical, and I think uh, I think at some point though I'm going to side with Maddie to say Lester got unlucky so many times in a row begs to question whether or not it's luck at this point or if there's something. Uh, wrong on like a fundamental level with these players.
1: That's 6 games. How is there not something wrong? No. We I... have conceded 11 goals in 2 games.
2: I'm like 4xG. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. I think I think there is an element of bad luck. I'm not saying that Rodgers isn't at fault, and I'm not saying that there aren't problems with this team, but I do feel like when you concede 6, you concede 3 times uh, the number of goals as XG would predict. Like, that's just, that's like, I don't know. I mean, it's just kind of like, what do you do about that? I
0: um, I wouldn't look at the XG, though. I would look at the energy of the players.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i not trying to use XG as a single data point to explain a whole game because it's, it's folly. But like, I don't know. I mean, it's, it just seems like you conceded three goals from outside of that penalty area. Um, and that's, those are just, it's improbable. I mean, it, it's just, it's just moments of, of you know, genius, or whatever, from Sun and from Buttonker.
1: Or it's just moments of lackadaisical defending
2: yeah yeah i mean you got to close guys down and stuff like that still even outside of the box the the technical
0: was entirely preventable yeah, yeah. and you just had like there was just a dispossession that should have never happened on a premier league pitch
2: yeah and and that's coaching that's not that's not bad luck that's coaching and, and commitment um i've seen some speculation though that there might be issues with rogers contract the remaining value of the contract they and don't want to
1: pay him 10 million
2: yeah, and so if you're going to have to pay him $10 million to buy him out, buy out his contract and make him leave, and then pay a new manager to come in, that's a you're talking about quite a bit of money. So do you think that that's going to be an issue, or is, does that seem like a, an ill-informed opinion from somebody outside of the purview of the club, as I am?
1: No, but that's the problem. They're not going to pay out his contract at $10 million and we're going to go down.
0: Yeah, getting relegated is pretty expensive, too.
1: Yeah. Right. So... At what point do you cut your losses and fucking get a new manager? Do something. Do
0: something that's productive. You need to get on the fan forum they have. I can't <laughs> talk to the board. It's- yeah, uh, I won't talk about Tottenham because um, obviously, Pentecker, son Paris, all had great games there. But there's, I think, the bigger story here is. Um, well, it's Sons, Resurgence, but also Leicester City's collapse as a team so far this season. But we can move on. We can, we can, we can go on to greener pastures at the Brentford Community Stadium. Brentford 0, Arsenal 3. Uh, Maddie and I watched this. <laughs> we were fully awake. Yeah, it was very early in the morning. Uh, but, quote, Arsenal at their most complete this season. Look, a team turned around from the one that lost to Brentford just this last year. Who said that? I said that. Oh, okay. The announcers... I just put it in quotes. (laughs) Quote
2: me. Quote.
1: (laughs) The announcers kind of said the same thing, though. At halftime, they said Brentford look a completely different team from the team that beat Arsenal last year. But also, Arsenal just look rejuvenated. They got that juice.
0: Well, here's my thing. Uh, But I'm going to let Blair... Take the wheel at some point, but he didn't watch the game, so I'm going to let him take the wheel later. Can uh, I
2: uh, can I, uh, myself? I had myself? Very busy week at work this week, it was very tiring. And it was an early day yesterday. early day Friday. I needed to sleep in. I'm sorry. Okay. I watch the I watch the replay at some point. He needed to sleep in. <laughs> you seem like <laughs>
0: <laughs> I needed some sorry, sleep. Sundays I'll, I'll, are when was, we get our sleep. The was, queen dying changed everything giving, for the schedule. I was giving the podcast a bit of breathing room to cut <laughs> stuff because I know some of this is going to get cut. Um. Inside. Anyway, no, Maddie, I was going to say that I think Brentford actually are a better team this year than last year, yes. but Arsenal are, the, the di- difference between last year Arsenal and this year Arsenal is a whole ass team. Yeah. And yes. I think the difference was just too much for Brentford to handle. Yes. Arsenal shut them down everywhere. Yes. The press, intense. Yes. The players, magnificent. Oh. The goals, wonderful. Wow. They will get first place this year. Oh. Mark my words. Oh. In fact, I tempt the universe.
1: <laughs> I dare it. you owe me $100. I'm going to
2: start putting hexes on Liverpool, Jacob. <laughs> okay? I have these powers, too. <laughs> <laughs> Blair, Liverpool the hexes are themselves. already upon So it. far, I haven't had two, but I will in the future. <laughs> uh,
0: to note, Vieira looking well-adjusted and capping it with a beautiful goal. Transition, Blair. What do you think of Vieira so far?
2: pretty impressed with him and how he's been able to maintain his form despite being into to his mid forties at this point. Uh, he's a really impressive guy. One of the best ever to ever do it.
0: Oh, on my bad. The player, the player. Oh, Vera.
2: oh Fabio, Fabio Vieira. <sighs> um, yes. Yes. Fabio. Cause crystal
0: palace doesn't enter this conversation at any point. I was going to say, man, Maybe.
1: he looked really good <laughs> for over 40. He's 22. Fabio, Thank you. Fabio
0: Fiera scored a goal for you guys.
2: Yeah, months. it was a banger. I saw the replay. Um, The thing about Fabio Vieira is that he is kind of the, he's the Martin Odegaard replacement, right? And he's kind of, he's been the, he's like, he's like our Derringer hidden in our sock. You know, he's, he was injured in the, in the preseason. um, And we didn't get to see much of him. And, you know, we've, we've seen some of him in the, in the Europa League. He's had a couple of sub appearances, but um, as far as significant minutes are concerned, he didn't really get any until his first start for Arsenal today. And what I've seen out of him so far is that he has a lot of the technical capability that um, Odegaard has. He's got uh, great passing in his locker. Um, But what he loves to do is shoot the damn ball, which Martin Odegaard doesn't always like to do. And so this goal, I'm not sure it would have ever happened if Martin Odegaard was the one in that position with the ball at his feet. Um, so that's very interesting it's a different dynamic and different wrinkle that this team has on the bench um, and it's been a lot of speculation about whether he would be the one to replace granite shaka in the left a position but i don't know i mean i've also heard that granite was quite good in this game he's been very good throughout most of the season in that role i kind of think we just have a nice little rotation of you know forward midfielders at this point and yeah i'm really excited to see how this guy develops for sure I mean, he's kind of small still you know he's Still 22. I think he's got some room to grow technically and also physically. And yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe the sky's the limit for him. I don't know. We'll see.
0: That's a great transition, though, because Granit Jacca in my opinion, was in a league of his own this this game. Uh, he was, in, I will say, with affection, uh, looking a much more calm presence, surprisingly. And he had... Uh not much in terms of flashy stuff, but he was shutting down things everywhere. He was doing the whack-a-mole thing with Brentford. Nope! Stop it, Jensen! <laughs> Stop it, Henry. And uh he was doing a great job at that. Additionally, uh William Saliba bagging a goal with the header.
1: Da, 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 da. <laughs> I,
2: I saw Shek's pass for Gabriel Jesus' headed goal, and that was I mean it was really beautiful, I think. And you know, Xhaka plays very forward for the Swiss national team. We've seen some pretty good attacking ball from him um, for them, but we never really saw it at Arsenal. And that's become a very recent phenomenon for him. The man is an iguana. He has had his tail bitten off many times as an Arsenal player, and it's always grown back in some mm-hmm. fashion or another. You can't kill him.
0: Okay. So we've got, um, just to be clear, Fabio Vera is the Saturday Night Special. Grant Xhaka is an iguana. If that's the case, what is Bukayo Saka, Blair?
2: Uh, He's star boy. The little chili.
0: The little chili. He is in a slump, bit of a scoring slump, but that slump just happens to be complete with assists. And so I think that's a good sign. If you have a a youth prospect, not prospect at this point, but a a youth prodigy um, performing at a rate in a slump, green, green, green flags all around. But let's talk about youth prospects Ethan Nuarneri, the youngest top flight player in England at just under 15 and a half years old, makes an appearance today.
1: What were you doing at 15? Who
0: the hell is Ethan Nuarneri?
1: I don't think that's how you pronounce it.
0: I'm looking at the letters and it's in that order.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know, but there wasn't
0: that many. The announcers didn't know what they were saying. They kept saying the double. Nuarneri. 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 New no. Wunary, but the U's not there. But it is there a little bit. No. Okay, but, but
2: just be in-win-ary. honest. Did you know? That's what I'm going to go with In well, I'm going to call
0: him Ethan. How about that?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Did I Did you never know who Ethan was? Kid. Never okay. heard of him. He came yeah. from the U18 okay. side. I appreciate the honesty. <laughs> there's uh, there's a lot of names that you know come out of the the youth setup. Um, uh, there's this kid Sousa. I think he might have been on the bench today. Actually, he's a he's a backup. I think his name is like Ly- Lino Lino um, Sousa. Um, there's you know there's a couple other guys, but this guy has been off the radar. And Arteta was like, yeah, uh, you know, he came and trained with the first team squad, and I had a feeling about him. And then, like two days later, he was subbing in at the ninety second minute for that's crazy Arsenal at fifteen and a half. Honestly. He is younger than the Emirates Stadium.
0: Nope, don't trust that. That doesn't
2: all. sound good to me. Um, yeah, don't know, but very cool for him. Absolutely, he tweeted after the game, nice kickabout with the boys. The guys still very much have not forgotten about the Ivan Tony tweet. That is quite clear. There are multiple multiple uh, editions of that tweet from the squad yeah, today. Yeah, I
0: mean, if you're Ivan Tony, you have to know that it would bite you in the ass at some point.
2: Yeah, and I think the narrative about losing at Brentford last year is an interesting one because I think we'll probably, as long as Brentford remain in the Premier League, we'll hear about that loss um, to them just in perpetuity. It's really stuck to, to this Arsenal team, and... I think in some, like, I find it annoying in some ways because it's like, there was just like so many circumstances around that game that uh, get eschewed as time goes on, but whatever, like we won. But I also think it's interesting because, you know, losing that game very much has, it's very obviously stuck in the minds of the players. And I think there's a chip on the shoulder um, of the squad and they play like it. And I really like that about them. Um, they have a, a drive and a determination. They don't play like they've arrived. They play like they're always working to get there, to climb the mountain, basically. And um, I think that's good. I think that's how you should approach um, you know, any kind of competitive, uh, you know, any, any sort of competition. And yeah, I mean, I, I just really like that about them. So keep on keeping on.
0: It is, it is a curious mirror here that I think is entirely coincidental but still makes the game have a bit more of a bold underline in that the last year when you faced Brentford, that loss put you at the bottom of the table. Yeah, it did. And this year, it put you at the top, the win. Yeah. And I think that's a big difference. And I think everything just kind of came together all at once this summer. And it just happened. And there's something magical going on at Arsenal. And I, for one... Think they will win the league one hundred percent.
2: I like what we're doing. I think um, I think games like today can show you. Um, I think like winning winning a game like this in this fashion um, can show you where a team will end in the season. Oh yeah, it's um, top four. And I think if you play this way, yeah, if you play this way against the, the teams where you would expect to get the three points, you know, a majority of the time, that that does. Indicate that you know top four f- seems very plausible I think it's the games like Manchester United It's like the derby against Spurs coming up uh, in two weeks that tells you How high you can finish yeah, and that's where I still don't feel comfortable in saying yeah Like we're gonna win the league because like we lost our we had our first stumbling block At Old Trafford against a team that I rate us over. And so, like, they still need to prove that to me. And I I agree. To themselves, I think.
0: I mean, I think Arsenal, it's tough to play big games, and that means it's going to be big tests. Yes. But, but Man City Arsenal, that meatball keeps getting spicier.
2: (laughs) It'll be, that'll be a fun game. I think we both have, we have obviously very similar styles and approaches to the game. We also have very similar weaknesses. And so, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see how we go about exposing those uh, against each other.
1: For clarification, yeah, it's one Eerie.
2: One Eerie. Okay, one Eerie. so you just don't even no, look at the end, No,
0: it's, Maddie, it's Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, one Eerie? One Eerie. Okay. Bottom line, Arsenal are firing on all cylinders because they've got guns. Uh, Everton 1-0 West Ham at Goodison Park. Uh, I like this one, Blair. Quote, the Sword of Damocles Derby. (laughs) Two teams languishing at the bottom half of the table struggled to gain a foothold on their Premier League campaigns. Unquote. However, however, Everton looked like they were doing much better prior to this game, and it was surprising to me anyway.
2: Yeah, so... um I did some some googling about the sword of Damocles. Oh, good, and You've covered your ass from. here because I was yeah. going
0: to ask you the question.
2: Yeah, I was sitting there like I already brought up the ship of Theseus and sort of slaughtered with the yeah with the whole the whole meaning behind the story. Yeah. Um. So the sword of Damocles is about you know the the dangers of being in power, which isn't really relevant to these teams, I don't think. Um, but. <laughs> Um, it, you know, it's about the sort of sword hanging over your head, right? I mean, the danger of being killed by it at any moment sitting on the throne. So, you know, it's kind of a misappropriation of it. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I read the Wikipedia article, so I know all there is to know about this. But um, who's Damocles? He was a royal a king, and he gave the throne to a courtier. And the courtier um, enjoyed his power on the throne. He gave it to him for one day, of course. And... Um, Damocles told some guy, I don't know, Jeff, in in, the custodian to... (laughs) Oh,
0: wait, part of the Wikipedia article. Yeah, yeah.
2: Told him to hang a sword above the throne held by just one horse's hair. And so, of course, this is a very perilous position for his courtier to be in, sitting on the throne, and it could fall at any time and kill him. You know, what I'm trying to take away from that, um, these two teams seem to have a sword hovering over their yeah, heads at any given point. Yeah,
0: I would say that definitely applies to Frank Lampard and David Moyes, I guess, at this point. I think for Brendan Rodgers, the sword's falling as we speak. It He's might be I already lodged in his landed. head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Anil Maupay scores his first Everton goal. What a wonderful touch and turn to shoot. So quick, Fabianski didn't anticipate it at all. That was from one of you.
2: Me? You boy. it was really nice. Yeah. Yes, well, we just fed him a ball. He he kind of he he tapped it up into the air and turned and then fired it and pretty slick. Uh, Neil Maupay at, at Brighton loved to miss good chances and so this one I think wouldn't I wouldn't rate as good chance and he uh, finished it beautifully. So hat tip to him.
0: I think Neil Maupay is one of those things where both teams were happy that it happened. Like, happy to see you go, Neil. Happy to come on over, Neil. Yeah. yeah. And it just worked out. interesting. I love those kinds of transfers. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, you also mentioned Alex Iwobi. Maddie, would you care to comment on Alex Iwobi?
1: Oh, shit. This guy? (laughs) 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 Sorry. There are so many names that I'm currently, like, always trying to learn. It's
0: true. There's a lot of names out there.
1: (laughs) And you guys have had, like, years advantage on me.
0: Steve. (sighs) Alan. Alex. Fredward. (laughs) Damocles.
1: All right. Alex Wilby had the assist. He had a really, really good game. He also almost had a goal like a really, really nice goal. He just leaned back a little bit too far.
2: (laughs) So that's what I like about Wilby. Well, he's always just been sort of a master of none. He's had a bunch of useful skills, but not been able to kind of put them together into a sort of coherent position on the field. And so Mm -hmm. I think the difficulty with the woby at both Arsenal and now at Everton is that nobody's really been sure where to play him on the wing, more forward positions, you know, in the midfield. And I think he's starting to look quite good in this role. He progresses the ball nicely. Like Maddie said, he had a number of passes into the final third. He had the assist. I, I wouldn't really say that it was like a gorgeous assist by any means he just kind of slid the ball forward to Mope who did most of the work but he had an assist I mean you can't take it away from him he just kind of links play really well that bodes well for Everton because what they really needed was to I think resolve this midfield which was quite a bit of a mess last year with Allen and Decoré and so on those guys just never meshed into anything and I think that's what led to them having all sorts of trouble so now they have Idrissa Gay, they have a Onana, they have Owobi, and I think that midfield group is looking like Idrissa did have a good game. Decent, yeah.
0: Yeah, so let's talk about Damari Gray. I think he, in my opinion, it falls into the same category as Julian Brandt, where sometimes you'll get just fantastic games out of this guy, and other times he'll just be just a useless carrier of the ball, just <laughs> funneling it into the other team's possession. But however, today he was good. To me, Damari Gray and... Anthony Gordon combined for the brothers two. The threats on the wing. A one, a two, a shoo. That's them running. Thoughts? Poetic? <laughs> <laughs>
2: that was a lot. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh his dribbling is slick, man. Like he was getting like he only had two of three, two of uh was successful on two of his three attempted dribbles today, but like man it looked good.
1: He had those little turns that
0: like just broke ankles.
2: Yeah. He's just very elusive.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. And like Neil Maupay was dropping to like receive the ball. And then you'd see Anthony Gordon and DeMar Gray making their runs. And you're like, oh, okay, I see what's going on. <laughs> yeah. and it was really, I think, I think Everton were at a good, good spot here. Uh, let's talk about Jared Bowen. What the hell's going on? He <laughs> looks like a shadow, yeah. like a, like a small, small man.
2: He had four shots today. Three of them blocked. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think my quite, I have questions about West Ham. Uh, in their attack in particular. They spent a lot of money in their attack.
0: Yeah, we were all very wrong about West Ham. <laughs> yes, yeah. all of I was us. I'm really
1: excited about Scamacha, who's doing re- really well in the Europa Games. He's scored twice now, I think, but cannot hack it in the Prem.
2: He's very orange in his Fat Mom photo. He he's got a very Trumpian uh, <laughs> uh, skin tone. Oh, no, <laughs> it's pretty funny actually. Yeah. This guy looks like a fucking tangerine. <laughs> Jesus, why is he so orange?
0: Did you turn on your night mode on your
2: laptop? <laughs> I or don't know. Maybe the color scale is all yeah. messed up on my computer. Um, yeah, I think it, for a team that spent so much money on their for their attack with Paquetta and Skamaka in particular this summer, like. Where are the goals coming from? I feel like they've had a streak of bad luck. They hit the woodwork twice in this game. But, like, they have three goals this season.
0: Antonio is missing the part in his season arc where he starts off good. Yes. And then he ends up tailing off. So maybe
2: it's going to be a reverse thing this year. I don't know. I think that's the idea with Skamaka, though, right? That was the idea. Yeah.
0: But now now we have to go back to basics, okay?
2: <laughs> now we... the whole thing's out the window. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: okay well that's that's enough we're we're gonna do one more game so do you guys want to do wolves man city or newcastle Bournemouth?
2: um i want to do newcastle Bournemouth, but we have to mention nathan collins and okay. his just impeccable uh flying kick that
1: he was shocked he got a right
2: he tried to kill jack realish he did in broad daylight yeah.
0: attempted murder
2: at Molyneux
0: stadium wolves zero man city Three, yes. sorry, uh, Nathan Collins tried to kill Jack Grealish. Continue. Sorry, I had to preface that.
2: Yes, thank you, Jacob. We always get too ahead of ourselves. I get very excited about these things. I can't wait to start talking about them because that's Nathan Collins genuinely tried to kill a man on the pitch. That's a
1: licensed private detective, Blair.
2: That's, <laughs> there's a whole, there's a whole <laughs> thing and see how they, how they run where Saoirse Ronan's character keeps uh, getting ahead of herself and jumping to conclusions, and I feel like I've just embodied that. Yes. In the oh, is that why? Yeah,
1: Oh.
2: And you were the celebrity personality okay. from the movie.
1: I, sorry, I didn't watch the
0: movie. You know, if, I was uh, lost. Chiropractors aren't in the movie, oh, so okay. I don't know where that came from. But it felt right. Dentistry okay. is.
1: <laughs> what do you give that karate kick rating? I, I
2: guess it depends. Like, if you're trying to... I think it depends on what your intent with the karate kick is, right? If you're trying to disarm or disable your foe, he wasn't successful if Grealish played on.
0: Well, if, if his attempt was to get a red card, 10 yeah. out of 10. then he was 10 <laughs> out of 10. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, so Nathan Collins tries to kill Jack Grealish. Uh, Erling Holland continues on doing his... Thing. The
2: other observation from this game, Ryanite Nori uh, was at fault or partly at fault for both um, yeah. of KDB's assists um, on the day. They overloaded the right side. Ait Nori basically wasn't sure who to deal with, and KDB was left to get forward and send in nice crosses into the box, which Grealish and Foden both finished. And, yeah, just really never figured that whole thing out.
0: Left back, left wing back Ait Nori for Wolves, Blair. uh, You (laughs) seem to have something out for this guy. I have yet to hear you say one positive thing about him.
2: Yeah. What's your issue? um well he didn't do well today
0: i think he's a decent player he's a decent progressor of the ball but he, defensively he just needs a bit of work going and, forward uh up. blair just doesn't like him back. and he hates Thumbs him down. and he wants him the worst for
2: him so uh, that sort of damocles hangs over <laughs> <right>?
0: <laughs> <laughs> transition to newcastle one bournemouth one At Tyneside. Uh, A game where both teams execute their game plans quite well. You both have a minute and a half to go through this entire thing. Go.
1: I was shocked. I thought Newcastle were going to blow them out of the water. Honestly.
2: Yeah, I mean, I was looking forward to this a little bit, actually, because, you know, my boy, uh, Alan St. Maxman, plays for Newcastle, obviously, but he was injured. So Ryan Frazier, the old cherry himself, tries to exact his revenge on his former club. Is he your boy? Alan St. Maxman? Yeah. Yeah, man, we were just texting. like, oh, My bad, my bad, <laughs>
0: my bad, my bad, dude, my bad.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I basically expected Newcastle to win this one quite comfortably. Mm-hmm. They, you know, I mean, the game basically uh, unfolded how you'd expect. Bournemouth were in a low block. They were quite composed, I'd say, uh, defending. They, you know, didn't really give up a lot of good chances to Newcastle. But they also look quite good on the counter. Philip Billing, Ryan Christie in particular, Dominic Solanke to a degree as well. But Billing was really, really impressive. Um, I thought he was probably the best player on the pitch th- this game. So, yeah, it was a lot of, you know, Newcastle having possession, trying to unpick the lock uh, of Bournemouth's defense and Bournemouth trying to hit him on the counter. And I think both teams generally had some success in executing those plans. So I think the the one one at the end of the day is like kind of fair. I don't know. The Newcastle's only goal came from Alexander E6. Really brilliant uh penalty. Very clinical. Yeah. I mean he placed that just beautifully and smashed it too. It was if if, uh, if Neto had guessed correctly, he still would not have gotten to it.
0: Big point for Bournemouth at the end of the day. I think huge uh, if they want to stay up. This is exactly what they got to do. And huge. I don't know. I don't know. I think all the uh, new teams this year are performing decently well.
2: Bournemouth are on eight yeah. points. Yeah. I'm That's surprised. A great at this start. point,
0: the new spotlight is now in Nottingham Forest. So it's just like, it's, it's just it's different. It's good. It's good different. Okay, 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 now we're all done with the dumb stuff. Now for the cool part, the part we really, honestly, we're looking forward to, because who cares about the Premier League? What we care about are international games, and more importantly, international games involving the United States of America. The international break is here for two games, a two-game special only. A shoots and letters cage match between Japan and the United States. And a game of hide-and-seek, surprisingly, with Saudi Arabia and the United States. Uh, Japan will be played in Dusseldorf at the Dusseldorf Arena. And against Saudi Arabia, the United States will be playing in Murcia, Spain, at the Estadio Nueva Condomina. So, Greg Bertholter announced squads. And... Lest I remind you two, not that you need reminding, but this is the last international break before the World Cup. This oh, is it. What? This is the final hour, the final countdown. Last chance to save the world. And Greg Berthalter has called up Ethan Horvath, Sean Johnson, and Matt Turner for goalkeeper. For That's defense, we're seeing Reggie Cannon, Cameron Carter-Vickers, Serginio Dest, Aaron Long, Chris Richards, Joe Scaly, Sam Vines, DeAndre Yedlin, and... Of course, Maddie's boy, Walker Zimmerman.
1: My man, excuse you.
0: In the midfield, we have Kellen Acosta, Tyler Adams, Luca De La Torre, Weston McKenney, Jonas Musa, and the people's choice, Malik Tillman. And for
2: balling, dude.
0: And for forwards, of course, Peter Parker, Paul Areola, Jesus Ferreira, Jordan Morris, Ricardo Pepe, Christian Polisic, Gio Reyna, and Josh... Sergeant, of course. Peter Parker being Brendan Aronson, If Thank for you. those who are not clear,
2: uh, if you shoot a web at the ball, is it a handball?
0: No, uh, only if they catch you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so like Maradona? That <laughs> <laughs> was called the Madonna, Mr. Madonna.
0: <laughs> yes, Mr. Madonna. Uh, I think you'll notice notable absentee Jordan P. Folk, Union Berlin star. Oh no, let's the, go the
1: first place in the Bu- Bundesliga. Who scored By this weekend?
2: Huge distance, four yeah. points or whatever. God. come on.
0: Yeah, so give me your thoughts on that. Why do you think that these are the correct No. <laughs> do you, hang on. Do you think these are the correct strikers Greg has pulled up or would you have maybe chosen some other people? Yes. <laughs> Great. I don't Why don't Back you Back to you, Jacob. <laughs> Why don't you clarify that for me, man? I
1: think you know what I'm about to say, but I don't think uh, Jesus Ferreira will be the man for the job. I think Jordan P would probably be a better shout. I get that Ferreira's just on a hot streak in Dallas or whatever he's wherever he's playing. But come on.
0: The amount of disrespect come on, of come on, come on, come on. is by come on. no means. Did warranted. you see
1: one of the goals he scored? It was it was just like a tricky, like, ooh, everybody's looking at the ref, so I'm just gonna take the ball and score it. It was like yeah. come on. it's <laughs> not gonna work.
0: Blair, I would love your take on this.
2: I Maddie's the only person I know who can criticize a guy for scoring a goal. <laughs> 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 That's true. <Come> on. <laughs> um Yeah p-folk i don't know uh, i i every time it's like oh he's scoring goals, goals for young boys you know yeah. jordan p-folk scoring goals young yep. boys yep uh jordan p-folk union scoring goals munis Liga. anybody anybody, anybody? and team. then we we see jordan p-folk in the national setup and it's kind of like eh, eh, yeah he's he's fine i i we watched him last week and i i mentioned that he just doesn't do enough off the ball for me um his movement just doesn't uh create enough issues it doesn't pull the defense out of position enough for me. Uh, and I need to see that more from him. And I think that is where Jay-Z Ferreira excels because he moves around quite a lot. So, um, and he has smart movement and he scores goals, which Maddie hates. Um, so
1: Does he though? Like for the, for, the, for the international team?
2: He scored four goals in a game. Yeah, Sorry, he, he's was, okay. it, was it four well, or was it what three? What
1: game was that against?
2: <laughs> Okay. I'm sorry. You wow. asked me if he does for the national team. How many yes. goals
0: does Jordan P. Folk have for the national team? That's my question. <laughs> Did
1: he play against this team? No.
0: <sighs> against Japan? No, I guess not. Um. So. I don't know. Like, I think that... I think the bigger question should be asked here, Blair oh, and Maddie, is why is Ricardo Pepe being called up right now?
2: Yeah, that's fair. I think P-Folk definitely deserves a shout over Pepe.
0: Yeah, and... I agree. I think, I think we shouldn't be looking at Jesus Ferrer. We should be looking at Ricardo Pepe and wondering why uh, Jordan P-Folk isn't there in his place. Or even, the case could be made for Josh Sargent, though he is performing in the championship, admittedly.
2: Now, what if I threw a wrench in the works? I. What, what's the meme? I offer you. <laughs> I offer you bang, one, Brandon Vasquez. Okay. From FC Cincinnati. Okay. Who some people were kind of curious. Why isn't this guy getting a call up? Is it just too late in the cycle? I for think the it's World like.
0: Cup? It here's my thing. It's all of these guys have been uh, airborne jump certified, and Vasquez has just signed up. You know, like we're we're beyond this. We're we 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 are rolling, and we need guys that have already bought in and have had time with the team. Yeah, the gate has closed.
2: So that was my next question about another position, but maybe we can wait for that uh, group discussion. Um, because I feel like maybe Tim Ream deserves a shout. Uh, Tim Ream does deserve a shout. Yes. I
0: agree, and because he's had time, he has been an all-star for Fulham, and I think maybe. The only thing I can get behind Greg Burt Holter I can never actually understand him. I will never truly understand Greg. Because he is an enigma to me. Mm-hmm. But maybe he's trying to give the team a bit of a rest before
2: he actually gets called up. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Yes, yeah, so He's keeping him in the freezer for
0: months. Yeah, because he's <laughs> old. He's
2: he's an older guy.
0: <laughs> give Tim his rest. Um call upon. Him. Okay, uh, so that's puts that, him back in the freezer. <laughs>
2: Tim Ream on ice okay. uh, and anyway, shaken.
0: Uh, I think notable changes in form for some of these players. Cameron Carter Vickers' stock has gone up. I think Aaron Longstock has been steadily going up. Aaron Longstock. Aaron Longstock. Now Aaron Beanstock, um, his cousin. Let's see.
1: He got the beans from the Magic
0: Man down the uh, street. It's, oh God, you guys are making this so hard. <laughs> Malik Tillmanstock has gone up.
2: Uh secret aerial threat, Malik Tillman, the yes. guy who can't stop scoring yes. headed goals. Apparently,
1: speaking of aerial, <laughs> Paul Aerial,
0: you guys are. <laughs> 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 this is just turning into a meme bit. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, guys with things to prove. Now, Ethan Horvath, he's down bad again. He's doing yeah. really bad in the championship is for he? Luton Town. Yes,
1: oh. yes.
0: Uh, other players include Joe Scally, had a terrible international break last time around. I, yeah. I ate crow <laughs> as J- Blair puts it. And I, cause <laughs> I was really, really rooting for him. Uh, I think Sam Vines Who has something Sam to, Vines? he's a newer guy plays for, um, shucks. He's from Colorado. Jupiter, <laughs> Jupiter pro league and tour yeah, Belgian. Is Antwerp in Belgium? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Sam Vines has something to prove here. Uh, additionally, I think Kellen Acosta has something to prove. And lastly, um, Jordan Morris. All these guys are kind of fringe players right now. So th- I- those are the performances I think we need to critically analyze if we're to see whether or not they are staying for when the World Cup actually does come.
1: I would wager that one more player has something to prove, although not necessarily to this team alone, but more just to everyone else.
2: I think Christian (laughs) Christian Pulisic has so
1: much to prove this break because he has just been riding the bench. Tukel's gone. He's like, hey Graham, let me show you what I can do outside of your team, yeah, and then bring that back and you know wave the wand and put me back on the pitch,
0: coach. Yeah, he's well. I think he's definitely going to use this break as an outlet for frustration. Yeah. So we might I see him see go it. all out. Yeah. I want to see it. Which, well, it's a little scary because that means uh, it, more he's like injury FC, you know, might come back to haunt him. So I don't know. I think I think I, I like a calm and collected Christian Pulisic that knows when to strike. Kay. I think the chaotic nature is reserved exclusively for Tyler
2: Adams. Kay. Should we be concerned that um, Graham Potter has not used, didn't use Christian Pulisic against Salzburg at all? This is a, another manager who's now <laughs> taking a look at him and uh, has decided to not use his services on the pitch. I mean.
0: He probably just said, oh, this was the starting 11.
2: Let's just see how you guys Yeah. Do. yeah. It's one I game. I think it's a bit of an overreaction to say that. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, but
0: Yeah. Take that back right now. I just
2: hey, to, to right toss now. it out there and see what.
0: Okay. You know. So, um, <laughs> sorry. Japan, USA, give me a starting lineup. Uh, Blair, please. Uh,
2: Matt Turner in goal.
0: Nice. Good choice. All right. Take your time. <laughs> your starting yeah, lineup. Yeah. That's, that's better. That's
2: better. Okay. My starting 11, Matt Turner. He needs game time. He hasn't played much for Arsenal. He played the Ripley game alright. He had some moments. Um, so yeah, I think we'll see Dust. He's been injured. We haven't seen him in the side in a bit of time now. I don't know if he's getting minutes from Long. I honestly have not tracked that very closely yet. At center back, I think we're probably. I think we're probably going to stick see um, our like sort of first choice options at center back. So I'm going to go with Walker Zimmerman, um, and I'm going to stick with Long. I guess Aaron Long. Okay. I. I'm very curious about uh very curious about Richards as a fullback and how we play in particular, so I'm, I'm gonna pick him at right back. Um in the midfield, the team that I, I wanna see is you know Adams, McKenney, and Musa. I would be curious about Tillman though. And who he slots in over? I'm not sure, but I'm gonna stick with Adams, McKenzie, and Musa for now. And then in the forward line, I wanna see more for Jay-Z Ferreira. I think he's been, you know, the number nine du jour, but like We've swapped and changed this position so many times. I just want to see somebody claim it once and for all. And I think this is his chance. Aronson has been great. he has been good. He's been good for, for leads. He's had some great moments. Yeah, Pulisic needs some minutes. So a couple of games probably couldn't hurt. So yeah, let's go with that.
0: Okay, so what I'm hearing from you is Turner, Dest, Zimmerman, Long, Richards, Adams, McKinney, Musa, Aronson, uh, Ferreira, and Polisic. Yes. Maddie. My team. Yes.
1: Uh, starts at the back with
0: also Matt Turner.
1: Uh, at the back line, I would go with Walker Zimmerman, of course. Cameron Carter, Vickers, Dust, and Richards. Okay. Adams, McKinney, Tillman, Aronson, Polisic, Reyna.
0: Interesting. I love. The Malik Tillman subscription over Yunus Musa, that's a jump. But I think Malik Tillman is, is definitely making a case for himself. Yeah. Yes. I think that if you play Serginho Dest, you have to play a more defensive option on his opposite side. Yes. It is required. Yes. And so I think Richards is a great choice for that. However, I think DeAndre Yedlin has a very tenacious quality in which he will actively pursue opponents and make them pay later on in the game for things they do earlier in the game. And I think Thank that's a great, great, great thing to have. Like He will be very, very mean. And I want my defensive players mean. So I think I would take Yedlin over Richards because between him and Adams, they can, uh, they can be dirty. And I like that. And so I think it'll be Dest. Zimmerman, Richards, Yedlin. Uh, I think it'll be Adams, McKenny, Musa. In a perfect world, I can see cases for De La Torre and Tillman, uh, Aronson, uh, Ferreira, and Polisic. Reyna has had luck against him, and I think if he had been playing this season, he might have been in choice but he's just too fresh right now so we've got we've got we there's going to be five subs this world cup right and we've got three good ones right here we've got luca de la tour malik tillman and gio reyna we at any point can sub in aaron long or cameron carter vickers uh in as a defensive option additionally we have striker depth with the next available one, in my opinion, being Josh Sargent. So I think that's five decent subs right there. And um, obviously Matt Turner is the clear number one choice. New York City FC has been tanking for a minute because of Castellanos and Ronnie Dyla leaving. And Ethan Horvath is, I think, lucky to be named to the squad. I think it was basically a flip of a coin between him and Zach Steffen. Uh, so yeah,
1: Zach Steffen fell off of the United States team Well, so ever Well, sin,
0: ever since the uh, um, game against Liverpool, he had like, just a horror show. Oh, uh, so. right. Anyway, that's your international break. Japan, then Saudi Arabia. The next two games are the last window in which you can view the U.S. before the big one. I kind of feel like Greg's going to use Tillman in the front three. That would be... What okay. Uh no, we don't have time. Uh okay. I that's an interesting dig. Uh we're gonna close with our FPL leaders.
1: Wouldn't you believe it? I'm in the top five. Are you?
0: No, God no.
2: Why would you say that? Because <laughs> <laughs> I
1: just wanted to see if you'd believe uh <laughs> Okay.
0: In terms of the new top five. Uh, My Why with Jennifer Carmuch. You saucy dog. You stay in first. Uh, we've got number two. No, be juju, be dat. Again, confused, but <laughs> Diron, uh, Diran, Diron, you are in second. Daddy, daddy uh Amiad at number three well done soj king on the wild card by the way uh b nag you are number four and blair holding on desperately by a point might i add uh on the number five blair found jesus he found jesus and he's holding on tight um (laughs) maddie this week you have gone above me Uh
1: aha by one point
0: you said at 18th i said at 19th
1: yeah, so, and John, John's at 17, uh, so we are really yes. bringing I might, up the rear. If I
0: sink below 20, I might just take myself off the podcast, because this is bad, folks. <laughs>
1: no, you're doing it via, we all know, you're doing it via computer. No, nah, you suck, <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, it, This seems like the weekend to have wildcarded because of all the people that miss fixtures, and quite honestly... Uh, I didn't do that, so I think that was a big mistake. Um and those that are above me um all appear to have. So uh hat tip to you. You are better manager than I am.
1: I wildcarded last week.
0: That's good still. Yeah. Um I'm gonna wild card on game week ten for hell or high water. So anyway that that's us uh, that that that's it as the preservation hall Jazz band would say and so <laughs> we will see you next weekend with some other matches but not Premier League matches We'll just include some flavors I think I think by that time the US will have played Japan I'm really it's September 23rd so yeah they play Friday this Friday folks. Indisdorf. Right.
1: What a fun name. Anything else to add, Blair?
2: Uh Tobin Heath get okay, well soon. What happened? She's very injured at the moment.
1: Like what what's very injured?
2: Um I didn't see the exact injury but I know she has a long-term <laughs> injury with an, a knee injury. Uh, she's out for the season.
0: So oh yeah, and uh, best wishes to Marco Royce as well. Oh yeah. Yes, yes.
1: And our kickball team because oh. we won in the last inning with one. Oh, we, we were down by one. And we won with two. So.
2: Yes. Our kickball team, I uh, already love uh, everything about it. I will die on the field for this team. On the, on the concrete. Um, <laughs> well, that is my promise to you all. It's played on concrete. All. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, big ups to everybody. I'm looking forward Just- to a great season. We're going to lift the Stanley Cup at the end of the year. <gasps>
0: This isn't a time to promote your interview, leaks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have a good uh, week. Folks, it's been real.
2: Cheers.